Welcome everyone to another episode of Europe's B2B Tech Sales Podcast. My name is Patrick and I am excited to have Paolo Donnarumma. Welcome to Paolo. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for having me here and uh, welcome to everyone who's listening in. Excited to have you here, uh, Paolo. So Paolo is the Chief Sales Officer at Somnitech. Quite a lot of experience in sales already and um, as usual, we start with our two tactical tips, Paolo, and I hand over to you right away. Yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, I, I didn't struggle to get the two actionable tips, but you had already a couple of, uh, of tips mm-hmm. in, the, in the program. So I was thinking, okay, what are the ones? So let's start with the first one. It seems to be quite an obvious one, but the experience tells me that it's not that obvious. And the first is keep your pipeline clear. Keep your pipeline clear. I think we'll get deeper into this topic, but um, I've seen a lot of sales reps, really a lot, that um, just keep their sales pipeline full just to have it full. Does it make sense? Yeah. And uh, the point is that, in my experience, this um, hides a lot of distraction. So um, I remember having a boss telling me, keep your pipeline clear. And I was always, yeah, but then it's empty. Kind of. No, it's not true. <laughs> it's not empty, but it helps you focus. So keep your pipeline clear. Well, we'll see afterward. I prepared something about pipeline management, which will be the, the main topic of today. But um, just make sure you can focus. Because, Perfect. Uh, our time is limited. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a very yeah, good topic. True. Let's dive in afterwards, actually. So true. before true. that, your second one, Paolo? The second one is communicate proactively. And I mean this internally and externally. I remember a, a good a good um, example we had. We were co- not communicating about um, an opportunity, uh, quite, a, you know, quite an easy one actually, but if there's something that top management hates, even the top management, top management in general, is surprises. Good and bad surprises, they hate it. Because then you don't become predictable and you are not, um, you seem you don't own your business. So proactive communication, don't wait until your manager asks you, hey, how far are we in this opportunity or the other opportunity? Communicate proactively. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it hurts, you know, it's hard to say your boss, hey, man, we lost this. It's such a pity. But if you wait that he will ask you if we win or or lose, then um, yeah. It, it, it won't be, you won't leave a good impression. If you communicate proactively, you will save a lot of time for, from your boss and manage expectation accordingly. Mm. So, uh, these are my two actionable tips. I like it. I like it, Paolo. I think the second one, um, let's get to that too. But And uh, I think it's also in the leaders, uh, it's, it's our duty to make sure that employees, salespeople feel safe enough to come with bad news to us. I think it's a really important point. So let's dive into the first one, actually, with, uh, you know, keep your pipeline clean. You already said it. I mean, I know the experience as well. I want to, we want to have as many opportunities in there. It it has to look great uh, that we're going to close quite a lot of deals. But uh, also with this, so both tips of yours is like, in getting a, a short term uh, bad feel like short term you you it might hurt you 
to yeah. take out an opportunity. It looks like it, it hurts you, but in the long term, and with the with yeah with with the forecast, it's going to help you. So it's kind of both is like dealing with short term, um, uh, un, like this short term bad feeling yeah, kind of. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. It hurts in the first time, right? When you when you pick out an opportunity from your pipeline, it makes sense. But and I think you brought up a good a good point before. Let's let's get a, a little step back. I think we as a manager should promote a culture of open communication and transparency. So it is okay to have from time to time a thin pipeline. It happens. It's not a you know you can't blame people to have thin pipelines from time to time. Huh? Just make sure it's not an ab an attitude. But um, it it just helps. I, I can give you our example. We um, we have quite a we do IT outsourcing. Okay, so we have uh, long sales cycles, and we have behind every opportunity there is a resource planning. Okay, so mm -hmm. if I have a busy pipeline, and with a lot of let's say unrealistic opportunities in it, but my uh, delivery uh, chief delivery officer takes it seriously and says, hey, but you will bring opportunity X, Y, and Z in, in, in this timeline, he will allocate resources for it. And if you become not, um, you know, if your pipeline is not credible, then you risk that the, the resources will not be allocated for you because, you know, you will say, yeah, but man, you told me already a couple of times you will bring in this or the other deal. It didn't happen. I don't have resources now. And then you bring in a deal and you need the resources and maybe it's the biggest deal of your life and you won't get the resources. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you see how many implications you, you have behind the clean pipeline. I mean, in our case, at least, it's not always delivery oriented, but this is just to show that the clean pipeline can have some very positive effects on the whole business afterward and also on user sales rep. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. On the other hand, what I see uh, or, or what what I feel like is is the bigger issue with the also a big issue with the clean pipeline is that salespeople just don't know. They, they they make a lot of assumptions about the customers. You know, Aww. the customers said it's, it's interesting. Oh, no, no, that's this mm. is a so they don't know actually themselves whether the the, the the opportunities in the funnel are actual opportunities. Really, are they opportunities? Because they they fear to ask certain questions, maybe, or they don't know what kind of questions to ask. Are there some things that you would recommend doing early in the sales process? Ask certain questions, get some information so that you don't have this pipeline filled with opportunities that are no oh, real opportunities. Oh man, Patrick, you're you're just talking out of my soul. I mean, <laughs> as a German would say, yeah. No, but but really, it it is it is a proper point, right? And um, asking the right questions helps you also in the communication, which would be the second point. And we will just make a bridge over the two points because they really really correlate mm -hmm. and by the way i i um, i listened to the last one to the last episode with uh katrin brucke if memory mm -hmm. serves you have to present me uh this lady because introduce me to this lady because we have some shared passions about racing <laughs> so uh but she, she mentioned a couple of very interesting things um about uh, qualification criteria but you just coming back to the questions you're right there are some questions, and I don't, I don't know if we want to already deep dive into into this qualification um, questions because I, you remember we talked about these six questions that I used to qualify a pipeline. But there are a couple of things, like the bond criteria that you mentioned in, in the episode mm -hmm. with Catherine, that 
in my opinion, we just we just made a a, a case, a consulting case uh, about the CRM with uh, for a customer, and I told them to put these questions like you know the obvious one: is there a budget? Is there even a you know like at least can you afford it? Very mm-hmm. very early in the stage maybe already in a lead stage like just understand i mean you don't have to be like the 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 you don't have to be disrespective to the to the customer say yeah but can you afford it i mean it's not about this but if you can identify how serious they are or not then you can really qualify your your opportunity properly and by consequence your entire pipeline so one of the questions that maybe is less uh, invasive with the budget is what is the do you have a, a timeline right i mean already talking about some timelines some next steps even not talking about budget gives you an indication okay how serious we are but the killer question the killer question is the compelling case what is the compelling case and i remember um uh, my mentor telling me Look, there's there are two compelling cases. Actually, a third one, but two: gain or pain. If you can't ha- cover a pain or give the customer some gain, you will never sell anything. And this is a question that you don't have to ask the customer directly, or not always. This is a question the sales rep has to ask himself first. What are the pains we're covering? Really, pains, and they are measurable. Mm-hmm. Does it ma- does it make sense? So. Yeah. I, I remember my boss, my first, my first uh, sales manager that brought in this mentality, uh, talking about the clean pipeline. I think he halved my pipeline with this question, one question. He said, "What's the compelling case?" And and you you look at the, the opportunity, you think, "Yeah, but they they told me they need this," and he said, and he asked me, "Why did they need this?" And he didn't have an answer. Yeah, and yeah. This is the question you should this ask. Is- Yourself and the customer. Why? I mean, this sounds like critical. Okay, let's let's be honest. This sounds like if you as a sales rep ask your customer, why do you need my solution? This sounds like craziness, right? But I assure you, if you tried this a couple of times in a safe environment, and you know the answer, huh? But you don't ask. Mm-hmm. You don't give the answer to the customer. You just ask him, why do you need this? Mm-hmm. What do you expect out of it? And he, you, you see, he starts reflecting, and then he gives you the answer. I don't want to say the sale is done already, but he gave the answer himself. And this starts a complete different process in his mind, because he then understands, how can I sell this internally? Yes. And what is behind the, the, the sum? Let's assume you spend 100K, whatever. Your boss and the boss of your boss will ask you, why do we spend 100K? What is the outcome? It's not about the 100K. Basically, price doesn't matter in, let's, let's, let's say, in the majority of the cases. But if you don't have a counter value behind, then even 10 euro are too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the questions people don't ask. I think so. I think so. You bring up... Uh, I think about something else as well that is important when you are like, let's think about this one-on-ones with your manager. The manager asks you a question, yeah. like what is the yeah. compelling case? And you're like, oh, I don't know, damn. And it does happen. It, it did happen to me also in the past. Uh, another important 
um, trait that salespeople have, successful salespeople have, is urgent curiosity. So when they hear something like that and they can't answer it, the next thing they do is pick up the phone and start dialing the number of that potential customer, go to him and they say, hey, my manager asked me what is the compelling case here. Actually, do you have an answer to that? No, no, maybe not like that. Do you have an answer? But what do you think? What, what do you think? Why should you actually buy? So I think you can ask that question uh, later in the stage, you know, when the, in, in that in example that we just used. But imagine you have a first meeting with a customer. The, the first or second question you can come up can't be like, hey, customer, what is the compelling case here? <laughs> you would look at you and say, dude, you haven't even showed me what you what we what we do or, you, you know, we haven't even talked about anything. So I can't tell you right now either. How do you do it? How do you what questions do you ask to maybe even develop a compelling case? Yeah, yeah, no. And, and that's a good point. I remember we struggled a lot as in particular the newbies guys, because I remember at that time I was in charge of the existing business. So um, I was heading the key account management for four, uh, for four nations. And um, I remember the, the newbies guys were really struggling with that. And um, I have to say how what we developed today is that when I, for example, I entered a new market with Somnitech from for, for my perspective. So the first thing I did is asking the question to the existing customer, you know, questions like, okay, but, you know, why are you spending your money with us? It's not about, we do, uh, as we said, we do IT outsourcing. So at some point you have to source your IT somehow, internal, external, doesn't matter. But the base questions remain and you can't, I was very surprised about the answers I got. And we got some answers like, uh, in our case, it's I pay, you know, if you do an assessment, I pay because I need some knowledge, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need I need to reduce my cost, my total cost of ownerships, for example. That's very, very, very um, tangible and concrete benefits, mm -hmm. okay? So we condense these benefits to like four, mm -hmm. and we, we cover <laughs> really a broad range of services, but we condense these benefits to four. Yeah. And when you go into a new biz pitch, then what you do is you have the answer already because you prepare your pitch, like, like first meeting, really first meeting, even a cold call. You know already who you're calling up, you're preparing, right? You know what they're doing. You know that you have some competitors as customers. And if you know why they're you know, buying your services, then you at 80% know already what their you know, issues might be, what their pain points might be, because there are some common pain points. So you, you don't ask the question, but you start then doing, you know, uh, asking like suggestive questions, like, don't you have the same issue? Like, you, you must come from a similar path, right? And then you start seeing the, the face, yeah, indeed, we, we, we really struggle with that. Uh, these are the other point, you know? How do you know? This is like, this this is like the the, the best question a, a, a prospect can ask. How do you know? Because you know then you really got the point. Mm -hmm. But you need mm -hmm. to build up this know-how. You're absolutely right. You need to build up this know-how and prepare yourself for such a pitch and have already some answers in your mind. And second point, then help him develop the answer by asking the right questions. How do you manage this today? Why are you managing it today? like this yes. and so on yeah yeah love it great tech that's another tactical insight yeah. i mean go to your five four five existing customers ask why they bought condense the stuff to like three or four and those yeah. you bring 
um, to the similar industries, you bring those by industry, you bring them cool. with, and you can also, in a discovery call, you can also say something like, hey, um, to start a discussion, we had, I, I quickly explain or show you three problems that we experience with our existing customers right. in similar industries. And you tell me what of these are relevant and why. Is that okay? Yes, of course. And then you can say, hey, one problem we, exper one problem we experienced is so, so, and so. What do you think? Is that something you experience yeah. as well? And then you can dig in deeper and you give them some 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 ideas as well, and it shows Correct. you know their area. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And uh, you know how this how this came out. By the way, I, I give you some insights because I think this will help maybe some listeners to 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 create some parallels to their world. IT for a long time and still today in some in some um, verticals is um, under finance. So the CIO or the, the chief uh, head of IT or whoever owns the, the topic IT reports to finance, okay? And only in enterprise or let's say in very large SMBs like this small, small, not small, medium business, but small, medium corporates, right? The IT is in the top management. I've, I've, I see this today, to this very day, people, you know, like 1,200 uh, people company where IT is not in the top management, okay? Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they report to finance. And the interesting thing is when IT wants to do something, uh, you know, outsource whatever service, they have to report this to finance. And the finance guy is not a techie guy. He will ask him, okay, you want to spend 150K for what? And the answer is often, yeah, you know, technology evolves and, you know, you have to do this because of security, whatever. The finance guy will not understand this at immediately. But if you can show him clearly that there is, and there is always a financial impact, believe me, there's always a financial there impact. There has you to just, be. I mean, if not, if not, correct. it's hard to sell. It's hard correct. to sell. And what, what people um, often think, yeah, but the finance guy doesn't understand. I mean, uh, he, but it's not true. He just asks you, why do you have to spend 150K for what? And if simple. you tell him, look, we have this plan on the next five years and we as a, in sales have to help them sell this internally then it's not a case anymore it's just a formality the only thing he will ask you is maybe to do a comparison a benchmarking but that's it and this is what often happens in sales you talk about features you don't talk about benefits talk about benefits man yeah First of all, you have to, people have to understand what is actually the difference between a feature and a benefit and a use case and the pain and the game. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, I just recorded a 10 minute video yesterday for my sales playbook internally to explain these differences and to make like examples how you, you use them differently because you don't use features in a cold email, for instance, um, th that often, like you should use them very rarely, if at all. And mm -hmm. you also use pains and gains in there, right? You explain, mm -hmm. you you, you want to match on a pain level. Hey, is that something you experience? Because a pain is immediately connected to emo an emotion. A use yeah. case or a feature isn't connected to an emotion first. So they need to make a connection to a pain if they understand the feature at all, and then uh, maybe understand it and feel like, oh yeah, that's something I could use. So the way is much longer. So it's really, and then goes back to, to what you said again, with the pain uh, and, and gain, people only buy if you can solve a problem or if you help them achieve uh, some results. And this is such a profound insight, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, no, indeed. There is actually a third one. I remember quite a good one. If and the third one is if top management tells you to do so. But that's the case that you don't want to hear, right? Yeah, no, no, that that, that exists. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is, but it, it's not a it's not a, a sustainable one. Let's be honest. I mean, you will mm. sell something and then you know as soon as you come up to the renewal as we're talking about um recurring revenue models right uh, for for the future in particular it's not a sustainable one mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. yeah the pain and the gain is if you have to condense it down to this and this brings us up to the next uh, to, to the first question like keep your pipeline clear today it's an automatic way of thinking for me like i do this since 10 years i've been like hammered this once into into my head and now it just happens automatically mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you go through pipelines and you are honest with yourself and you ask this question what is the pain or gain here for this or the other question uh, for this or the other opportunity uh, my apologies then you will often see that you don't know the answer and you have to find an answer otherwise you won't sell anything no yeah so yeah, it is. It sounds simple, right? I mean, we both agree it sounds very simple, but in in the practice, if you really go and dig down, mm. <laughs> pipelines will erode. Mm. Pipeline will pipelines will erode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So definitely. Yeah. So make make sure make sure this happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't want to know. Don't know if you want to go into. There are a couple of more questions that I like to ask when I do pipeline qualifications that uh, that are strongly related to follow up processes. Don't know if you want to dig down into this. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there's one thing that uh, that um, it, it, I mean, the six questions I ask to clean up a pile or to qualify a pipeline are very similar to the BUNT criteria. So budget, uh, timeline, authority, and and uh, and need. The compelling case is typically the need. Mm-hmm. But there is also another one, in particular, if you do um, enterprise sales, that uh, cost me a couple of deals in the in the past, and it's the decision making process. Mm-hmm. The decision-making process is like uh, I remember we we had this uh, this case where we negotiated the condi- the commercial conditions with the business, and I wasn't clear enough to ask, and the the, the prospect didn't told didn't tell me if there will be another negotiation round with procurement, and exactly that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, actionable tip to every sales rep out there make sure you know exactly how the decision making process works because you can leave some margin on 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 the way that you don't yeah. want to leave there yeah and make sure you ask the right way so i hear a lot of yeah, yeah. bad bad ways to ask this like in a first meeting hey who makes the decisions here hey who is the decision maker hey things like that so questions yeah. like that so, uh, yeah. good questions i heard maybe you have an example how how you ask this i mean one way is the decision yeah what is the decision process usually when you buy this kind of software or just simply how do you usually go about buying software like this or services like this um yeah so there there are um there are a couple of examples how you can get this information without asking explicitly um normally what we for example do in in our processes is to ask about um decision criteria 
Mm-hmm. So if you do an RFP, for example, um, in our case, often the decision, the, the, the buying criteria, decision criteria are even explicitly shown, even mm-hmm. with a with a percentage of weight. But that's not always the case, right? And uh, asking for decision criteria is just another way to say, tell me <laughs> who decides and how do you go through this process? I mean, it depends on the level of confidence you have with the prospect or with the customer. If you do account management, right, and you know the customer since a while, um, you you are absolutely allowed to ask this question also explicitly. Just like, hey, just let me understand, you're sure, are you going through a gate process? And um, a, a cool way to, you know, like uh, hide this question um, in, in some support and help is that if you help your buyer to sell this internally, even with a presentation, I did this many times. I prepared a presentation for the board that was in charge of the decision together with the prospect. This um, gives some confidence to the, to, the, to the buyer to say, hey, this guy is helping me with my objectives. Uh, I, I don't want to go into any psychological uh, analysis of, of, of the person that buys and the person who sells, but you get the point. You We have to ask our buyers to make this clear internally because often they don't decide by themselves. And yes. this is a good way to ask to to help them, uh, giving support them in, in making an easier decision and give them the, the, the tools to bring this to the right level, the right level of information. And then you get it. He will tell you, yeah, you know, I have to present this to, to this board. The board is made out of these people. And then, you know, then you know who says what. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, uh, it's interesting. That's a really interesting insight that you said like five minutes ago with uh, the CIO or usually being part of the financial team, like of the, of the CFO's yeah. department, which uh, which means that all IT decisions, they need to have a quantifiable uh, business case imagine yeah. and and also also every almost everybody needs to go with everything quickly to the cfo it depends you know sometimes budgets are made and obviously uh, yeah, sure. i mean i i for instance i do have budget let's say half a million for tools and 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 employees and so on um so i don't necessarily have to but the signature the cfo usually also gives the signature to certain things and maybe asks questions and you better have a good answer internally as well i mean you don't want to be buying stuff that um that has no no compelling case either you save time for someone um or and you can quantify that as well exactly Um, and you have to do that because you have to go somehow to to the cfo yeah Yeah, and you're actually making a good point here uh, patrick not maybe not immediately let's be honest if you if you if you sell something that is fancy everybody wants it you know like then you might get in, into the situation that you don't have to explain too much about. Truth, truth, uh, yeah, that's a very good yeah. example. Exactly. But, yeah. but yeah. let's be honest, in six months' time, and I have to tell this to our customers, even our prospects, by myself, and sales reps and salespeople, don't be, sh- don't be scared, don't be shy to, to, do, to have this conversation with your prospect or your customer. The truth is that in six months' times, one year' time, the CEO will ask you like, hey, why did you spend again 150K in a CRM? And your answer is like, 
yeah, because I think we're quicker or faster or more efficient, this will not be enough. But if your answer is, <laughs> because we save every year 300K in man, how, in man and, and woman hours in work, searching, and we are getting a better win rate, and we are getting a better conversion rate through the, the steps, and this makes X euro, Swiss francs dollar, believe me, none, <laughs> no, no CEO will ever ask this question again. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's exactly the point. If you haven't, if you haven't done this analysis before, then at, at the latest when it renews, if it's a renewable service, this mm. will be challenged. Yeah. And you don't want this. Yes, agree. Um, and I, some last thing to add to the business case, what you need to make sure as a salesperson, don't do it at home in your four walls, building a business yeah. case for the customer, build it with the customer. So the customer Absolutely. needs to say, hey, yes, these numbers make sense. Let's take, let's get these numbers. And yeah. uh, yes, hey, that's compelling. If you're building it yourself in your uh, four walls, it's like, not sometimes it's just not uh, not convincible and uh, yeah, yeah yeah no you're you're absolutely right and maybe if we have a couple of minutes uh, left um, to how on how to do this um, if if now sales reps or are uh, you know like asking themselves how can I build a, a proper case for the customer you know how can I get to this compelling case um, if you do if you do B two B, as we are, uh, as we're telling, or as, as we're saying today, every company, every company, large, small, medium, has a strategy, right? That they follow, more or less explicitly. If you are, if you are in the lucky position to do enterprise sales and you have an annual report to read, read that annual report. There is nothing more powerful than going to your buyer, buyer persona or your your prospect client and say, hey. Your CEO wrote in the, in the annual report that your strategy for the coming year, two years, is X, Y. What is your contribution on that? How can I help you in doing your bit on that target objective? And suddenly you will see people like thinking about it. Ah, you're right. Yeah, he wrote it. You're right. So my target for this year is my objective for this year is this and this and this. Can you help me? Yes, of course I can. We can help you support in this. You see how easy you create a chain of of sale within the company because he will sell it to his boss saying, hey, boss, our contribution to our company strategy is this. And this is how I want to reach it. But for to reach these objectives, I need this and this and this and this. It makes yeah. it much easier. And then you have built your case. Yeah. So, uh, you know, research on the company and ask the questions. What are your objectives for this year? If you, if you don't get to the information, privately owned companies don't uh, public an annual report. And that's fine. But you may great. ask the question. Yeah, great way. Great way to end this. Thanks so much. That was the last tactical tip from Paolo today. <laughs> Amazing yeah. one. Amazing one. And uh Thank you so much for joining today's episode, Paolo. We have to finish uh, to stop Absolutely. here. Unfortunately, 30 minutes go by really, really quickly always. Indeed. It was a pleasure to have you here and uh, thanks for joining. Thank you, Patrick.